sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Miller Podcast Dirty Harry Miller Podcast Every penny's worth Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of that 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm one of your hosts, John. Apologies for Trent and Tim, whose wife has just given birth, but we are joined today by four spectacular guests. Returning guest, Shane. Hey, good day. Glad to be here. Yeah, you bet. And who are you sitting next to? Hey, this is my friend, Michael. Hi. One part of the Such Great Lives band, is that right? That's right. One of the two or three. You a big fan of Dirty Harry, Michael? Um, I've seen it for the very first time last, uh, actually today, sorry, this morning. I tried to watch it last night, but I fell asleep. Because it was boring? <laughs> no, I had a few drinks. Right. And we are joined by a new guest today. You might know him as a bedroom Hindu, a beatbox supreme, um, a lover of Commonwealth countries. He's lived in almost every one. Stand-up comedian Ashwin Segar. I've lived in four of them. Four. <laughs> I can't live up to that. Hey, four uh, out of 60 is not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> this is really an interesting day for me because the last time I saw San Francisco represented cinematically was Full House, oh, yeah. <laughs> which had no Zodiac killings or any murder. So this has been a really like shocking episode for me to see. Yeah. And of course, the Full House was filmed outside the Pink Ladies or whatever it's called, which is in oh. near the suburb of, um, of um, the Fillmore District. Ah. And we are joined by stand-up comedian, uh, the owner of the best poster in the Melbourne International uh, Comedy Festival. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> A woman who talks about clean men in her stand-up, mm-hmm. but we are talking about Dirty Harry, Amy Hetherington. Hello. Hey, how are you going? I'm so thrilled to be here. This is exciting. Very, because I'm coming here from Darwin, right? So I'm just stoked that there's like enough microphones in this space to look after everybody. We don't, we don't have this kind of stuff up there. It's a good collection of Australia. We've got Ash, who's from Brisbane most recently. Yes. Yeah. Michael, born and raised in Canberra. That's right. So very much a fringe dweller of Australia. And another fringe <laughs> dweller, Darwin. Eh? Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, the territories the count. Territories, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we totally count. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not going to get competitive, but mine's better than yours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys find that people from Melbourne eventually ask you, when are you leaving? Yeah, your every, hometown? that is the question I've been asked the most since I've been here. Like, I'm I'll, sorry. like, I, like, I don't mind bragging. I've been crushing my sets, right? And then people come over and they're like, "Why, why, why don't you live here? Why yeah. haven't you left Darwin?" And I'm like, "Because I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I have really great quality of life. There's no yeah. traffic. It's sick." You know? For listeners overseas, yeah, Northern Territory oh, yes. is our sort of Alaska witness Florida. relocation. Mm. We're okay. we're the Florida of um okay. of Australia. Like, if you do the Florida Man Challenge, yeah. have you guys done that? Where you type no. in Florida Man and your birth date, and it gives you a headline from florida absolutely hilarious yeah. do the same for darwin exactly the same thing <laughs> yes. some weird things going on up there well thanks for joining us all today we are reviewing minute 70 the minute begins with the da saying he'll be done in a minute and ends with the da saying he walks what do you think of this minute shane i actually thought it was like pretty exciting i like dialogue um i know you guys have done some action minutes just recently oh yeah but this best. is good we um yeah, no, it's it's like it's like a play. You got close knit, few characters. I really like the um, judge who's in there and just sitting, waiting for his moment to shine. Yeah, it's a lot like earlier in the movie. Harry's always brought into rooms, and he's there's someone who's not introduced to him. You may remember Chico's introduced to him like that. Yeah. yeah. Did you like how Harry uh, Amy says, "I had a little luck." 
Yeah. It's the only time he really gloats in the movies. Like, I think this this scene for me is like an opportunity for all of them to try and out-sass each other. Like it's very much like who who's going to get the best line in. It feels like having a conversation with a bunch of comics. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's trying to say the funniest thing and they're all kind of just competing with each other, which I'm, I'm, I like the tension. It's a good minute. Is he gloating though? Is, isn't it humble yeah. to be just saying, no, I've just got lucky? He's not really bragging, is he? No. I was just associating the smile and the comment because <laughs> he doesn't smile that often in the movie. Though. I have noticed that in this scene, the faces are doing different talking to what the words are doing and they're mm. communicating something different to what the, the dialogue's saying, which is pretty interesting. I like it. The menace is hidden because I don't know whether Harry's going to get in trouble or not. Like, oh, I thought this is Harry's moment, but he doesn't quite. He always pulls through because he's so ballsy and he's so extroverted. He never actually gets locked up. Yeah, it takes like a right turn in the middle of this mm. sequence where uh, you think it's about one thing and it ends up being about the opposite. Yeah. And Michael, I mean, you've just watched this movie for the first time. Yeah, so it's very fresh for me. Um, you just get the feeling of, yeah, this is why he's Dirty Harrier. He's really, he's actually really trying to get the job done in his own way. And obviously, he's disobeying the Fourth Amendment. Yeah. What uh, is the Fourth Amendment? Um, I actually had a quick read. I thought I'd better brush up on my <laughs> USA What would we do without you? <laughs> I'm glad it's someone else doing it. I have to talk about it later. I'm not looking forward to that, Mike. Yeah, uh, basically it's um, people have it, their rights. You know, you've got to have a warrant to be able to um, search uh, through people's things or accuse someone. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, that makes sense because that guy didn't get any of that. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> It's it, it's a it's a it's a great scene because I think this is a point where you kind of it, it gives us the whole film you know like all of the yeah. twists, all of the uh-huh. understanding of the film that character um, and also like your own level of investment in what's going on this is the moment when you kind of go like you're right on his side and like whatever he does for the rest of the film you're there like this is that moment for me when I was like yeah he could do whatever he wants I'm angry at everyone yeah and I, they say that he inspired a whole generation of loose units. <laughs> <laughs> and this is his loose unit moment. He's like, I don't care about the law. It's so good. It's so good. The, the other thing I really love about this scene is while it's paused there on the three three guys, like if you put them all in line, it's like a, a time lapse of a receding hairline. <laughs> yes. You watch it like all of them. It goes from like one, yes. two, three. It's like step one, two, three. Which is your favorite hairline? Oh, man, I, I like a bit of hair. So Harry's winning on this <laughs> okay. one. But I just like the idea that they um, it's like a before and after time lapse. It's beautiful. Yeah. Harry's got the asymmetry going on mm. with the schlock off yes. to one side. And I wondered if the DA had, had uh, coloured his hair mm. because this does look very dark for his uh, age. Yeah. yeah. And, well, Harry's quite young because they said Frank Sinatra was in front of him for yeah. this role, which I would have loved, like a musical torture movie. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just high school musical? <laughs> <laughs> We were talking earlier, they made a remake of this, a Bollywood remake, actually. Yeah. yeah. And yes. they, they found they had to put some music in there. It's like a, it's about two hours, 20, I think. So, a lot longer than this short movie, but they, yeah. they had Have a you few. seen the Bollywood version? Or, or? I've seen a little bit of it. I'm halfway through and uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But well, you can definitely see why Warner Brothers sued. It's, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> All musicals are torture movies to me. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> um, just while we're talking about rights, there's an earlier movie uh, Clint made with Don Siegel, Coogan's Bluff, and it's. He's brought in, it's a New York setting, and he's brought in, and the, the, the detective, the, the chief says, Supreme Court, you ever heard of it? So, and that line pops up in a lot of the sequels. I don't know, why, why is Harry feigning outrage? Like, surely he knows Miranda rights. They've been around for like 
six or seven years now, as long as he's been a film star, Clint Eastwood. Maybe he thinks he's hired to get the job done, which he's like, he believes he's done. And so they'll just let him have a clean pass. Like he kind of knows where the line is, but he thinks he's like just going to get a free pass. Yeah. Because, you know, when you get a job, you get the procedure manual where you're supposed to do your training on mm-hmm. AdWords and website <laughs> protocol and HR. But he might not have done his Miranda rights training. That's right. Yeah. Some, sometimes your induction doesn't come on day one. Sometimes they've got to fit you in at the end of the month with yeah. everyone else. And he kept putting it off. Yeah. And a then little leeway, he tortured please. someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he, he had his... Uh, like I think, is it a forty-four Magnum or something? Like yeah. he had the, not even a proper um, police gun, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We did, we've talked. It said, "Bring your own," isn't it? B Y O G. Yeah. Magnum sales took off after this movie. That's one of the legacies of Clint Eastwood: American gun violence. But he just, yeah, it was one of those, yeah, one of those things. I can't stop thinking about ice cream now. I say Magnum. I'm like, yes. I could really do oh, some yeah. chocolate. <laughs> it's not, it's, a, it's also like I like the 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 aesthetic of the room as well. Like when you're watching a minute in one room, you got to kind of like have a good look at everything in there. And the thing that I'm really impressed about is the health of that plant. Like, <laughs> yeah. Has anyone here been able to keep a pot plant alive? <laughs> like, Not with like, that much beige around it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only thing with hope. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking is it that a ficus, Shane? I, I'm not even sure you're allowed to say that on this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just amazing because, like, everything else in this room is lifeless and just, like, beige and dead. And this plant's just like, I'm running this place. Yeah. This is awesome. What about the Escher painting? Is there a, a framed painting on the wall? Is this one I think those? it's actually of the Miranda that he was, the harbour that he was in later, earlier in. <laughs> As we were paused before, uh, Michael, um, I just have to have one of our... Um, usual imdb interventions the photo he has presumably of his children the da it's recycled they were on bressler's um bressler's office early in earlier scenes so oh so it's not his family well he has the same family as bressler those people. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh whoops Bit of slip up there from the continuity boy or girl oh maybe or maybe they had a budget you know sometimes it happens framing was expensive in the 70s <laughs> yeah. they didn't have hd back then either <laughs> no <laughs> I've got a quote here from someone. Clint didn't speak much, but one squint spoke a thousand words. A few terse and witty one-liners spat from that jaw. They were enough. He has great delivery. Mm. And he got darker and darker as his life went on. You know, then he was at the NRA conference, then he was talking to a chair. (laughs) (laughs) Then he was getting a bit racist towards the end, I think. And maybe this is the start of that spiral, like the uncaring Clint. And this is just the trajectory that he kept going with. Well, Michael, did you want to discuss a little bit more about these rights? Well, I guess that- Do they have a place in today's society or is that just letting the terrorists win, you know? Um, I guess, I think, um, for the rights, from what I read, look, I mean, I did all this this morning. This is my preparation. Um, This doesn't constitute legal advice. No. I'm not a professional. Oh, before before we turn to you, Michael, the right, obviously, in 21 Jump Street, you have the right to become an attorney. (laughs) That's the only good line in that movie. Um, I think the, uh, it's been going around since 1780 or 1790 or something like that. So it's these, uh, obviously these rights that in the American constitution Constitution. has been going around for a while. What was the first thing he said? Have you heard of Escapito or something? Yeah. What's an Escapito? That was one of the case, Escapito versus Arizona was the, either the right to silence or the right to a lawyer. So that's where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Previously, yeah. the con- everyone had thought those rights were just a, a trial. At trial, you could be silent. At trial, you had the right. But they were also insisting 
when you're being Honorous. investigated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, you know, I think these kind of rights are really important because yeah, of course, sometimes people screw up. Yeah, like it, like you can get caught up in something that's not like the right thing, and you're accused of stuff you know like you don't want to you see so often like because i watch a lot of those um like docos on serial killers because i'm fascinated <laughs> um, and i live in darwin i need to be prepared yeah. <laughs> but like study. yeah no don't worry, i'm psychoanalyzing nearly everyone i meet now it's great but like you can see people that like all these like um false confessions and things like that or people just doing dumb stuff like you need to make sure that there's something to protect people and also like i, I want i want good guys to be good guys in films. I'm pretty simple like that. I, I like the grey areas, but I do like a good a good human being a good human. I, I really like the grey areas a bit mm. more. So I think that's something I like about this this scene from the movie, having just watched the movie once, but it just really um, just shows that, hey, I've got to get this job done. Mm. I'm going to do it my way. And then even at the end of the film, spoilers, everyone, um, him throwing his badge away. Knowing, yeah. Like yeah. what he's done. He he had to do all that. Otherwise, if he didn't shoot yeah. the guys or threaten them, um, more people might have got killed. Yeah, yeah. Rather than if, if, say, I saw something like in a movie these days, it would be a huge deal if mm. somebody did that. that would, yeah. Although, you know, maybe the Fourth Amendment exists primarily for uh, twists and movies. Like, yes. like that, I, I'll keep the Fourth Amendment around simply so that we can have, like, plot twists like this and character building like this. You know, that, that's exactly what amendments are for, right? For great characterization. <laughs> yeah, America does make the best movies. And so I, I like to, the concept of rights as well because I – have you guys ever been arrested or – no. Close? Oh, well, not you? really arrested, but... I um, got to plead the fifth on that. We know the fifth <laughs> yeah. amendment. Okay, good. Go ahead. I was at Maya about a year ago, and I walked out of the lift, and I noticed my fly was undone. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, i got to sort this situation out. So, as soon as the lift's open, I went to pull up my fly, and then I noticed two cops coming towards me. And I was like, oh, this looks a bit weird pulling up my fly. I'll kind of just turn away, and I'll go to the men's perfume section and do it discreetly. So... I wandered to the men's perfume section and then I, I pulled up my fly and the cops sort of tapped me on the shoulder <gasps> and they said, can you come with us? Oh. And they took me into the back <laughs> cupboard of Maya oh. and they asked me to like empty my pockets because I thought I was fixing my fly. They thought I was shoplifting. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I got frisked and searched and patted down by this two. And then everyone in the shop in Maya is thinking, oh, I've stolen something and I'm going to get exposed. <laughs> and then they finished up with the frisking and at the end, I just said something like, oh, now you can go and arrest some real criminals or something that you hear people <laughs> say. And I was like, did I have the right to say that or is that going too far? I don't know. No, you 100% have the, oh, right, the right to say, say that. that. Oh, my good. God, that's, that's, a, that's a punchline. Yes. Don't let it hang. Okay, you know? yeah. It's like it's the Sixth Amendment. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. tell you about that one, but you can you, say that. You have the right to sass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, that's amazing. I can't believe that happened. But also, yeah. like, I thought there was going to be a twist there and that they thought that you were about to expose yourself that's, to people. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. I was waiting for this moment when they were like, don't get your dick out in my eye. Then you turned to the women's perfume section yeah. and that hardly helped your case. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I went straight to the weird territory men version of that story. But yeah, no, like, I like it. But it was a dodgy situation and... So. Yeah. Did the police follow you here today? Because the helicopter's going <laughs> yeah, yeah. gangbusters. Well, my fly is undone again, so yeah, it's just it happens. It happens. Yeah. But uh, like, th th did they apologise? No, they just thought they were just doing their job. And then when I went a bit sassy at the end, they got, they didn't say anything. Like they were annoyed at me. They're like, "Well, you you just watch it there, sort of a face." Oh. So and then I walked out, but triumphantly walked out without handcuffs on. 
With your head and fly held high. Yes. Fly, fly, yes. yeah. How, like the triumph of the day is not shoplifting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> got to take the wins when you've got them right. The law works. <laughs> Do you think Harry could just have denied the torture part of all this? I mean, it was just shoving his leg on. He was just stamping down someone's being shot, you know, no bruises. Right. This is a report he's written himself. Is he the only <laughs> witness to that? He's really dubbed himself in, has he? Wow, he should have pleaded the fourth and <laughs> had the right to remain silent on that point. He, he did, though. Like, he done, he's done the report and he's gone in there and he's told everyone what's happened. He could have just said that he, you know, accidentally shot him. Like, the, the, like wow. the person in, what's this, the case with the Australian woman was shot in America and that's currently in court yeah, at the moment. We're allowed to talk about things that are in, uh, in of court. Like, like, he, like, he's not saying anything. Like, he hasn't done any reports about it or anything and because of social media it's been captured and people know. What but state was this in? What does, what's is this that? California? Where was the shooting done? Oh, America uh, is one America. place. <laughs> but, yeah, like, this, this, uh, this police officer shot a, an Australian woman and is currently in court at the moment for it. But, like... Back then, it could have just not told anybody, you know. Or does the stadium have like closed circuit TV, and when they put the floodlights on, it activates the closed circuit TV, and then he's very worried that he might actually be on film. Yeah, well, maybe that because that honesty is, you know, that's a that's a good quality in him, isn't it? That's the worst policy. <laughs> it's the worst one. <laughs> I'd I'd love to read like the report that he did, like, like yeah. and it would be like in his tone as well. <laughs> like, and just be would like, he use crayon, Shane? <laughs> crayon. Oh, I hope it's illustrated. <laughs> and in the report, sorry, I uh, took the wrong gun. I got the magnum. <laughs> yes. Sorry, reminders for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that Scorpio's dead yet, do we? Until he just says he walks at the end. Do you think Scorpio is also the only star sign you could name a serial killer after? Ooh, maybe. Like I Capricorn? Mean, Pisces? Pisces. <laughs> Sounds too emotional. I, I, but- feel, I feel like if anyone was going to be a serial killer, it'd have to be an Aquarius, right? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon they're, they're the ones. Cancer is literally a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was clever and too real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and anyone got an interesting star sign? I'm on the cusp of Leo and Cancer, so I think it means I can choose. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius cusp, Trent's told me, if he comes here, but... Um- yeah. No, I'm Leo, but Leo's are supposed to be extroverted and yeah. I'm not, so I think. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Are you supposed to be extroverted? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm more Leo. My son is in Leo, supposedly. Yes. I, I had a lady who I used to work with who was like star sign obsessed and every day she'd tell me about how my day was going to be based on where my son was when I was born. Yeah. Um, <laughs> jobs are fun. <laughs> <laughs> and yourselves, what, what star signs have we got here? Well, yeah, I think I'm on the cusp of uh, Leo and Virgo. Is that the one before that? I so don't know Virgo's what they all mean. They never. It's never right, you know, when what they say that yeah. nothing fits up. Like Virgos are supposed to be really anal retentive and good directors. And is that you? I am a Virgo. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I thought you loved pooing, Michael. Here's a question for you, Michael. Do you think if the torture had led to Anne Mary Deacon being alive, it wouldn't be a movie, of course, but would do you think he would have gotten away with it, Harry? Ooh. If she was alive, they'd just politely put that all under the carpet. Yeah, all right, you're tortured and whatever. I don't know. No, I don't reckon. I don't think I, th- so. I think, yeah. I, I think potentially it's, you know, uh, you heard a bloke and that's the baddest part about what's happened as apart from the woman actually getting killed, yeah. you know? Like the thing that is upsetting people here is that a, a man got hurt, <laughs> you know? It's uh, – I think inevitably he was going to get in trouble Uh and maybe if she was alive, it might have, he might have reacted differently as well, you know, like. 
Yeah, that's true. Mm. You yeah, might not have yeah. been so furious. And but. you've got to like cross those T's and dot the I's if there's like a dead body involved. This court case is going to be scrutinized, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Ashwin, um, based on your experience with the justice system at Maya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a quote for you and then discuss. Okay. Police should have every inch of power they need to do their jobs effectively and not a single millimetre more. Discuss. I think it varies depending on the stage of development your country is at. Like if your country's a basket case, give them a whole bunch of powers to just round people up (laughs) and lock them up. But when you're a modern Western country, yeah, give them a few more rights, restrain them a bit. Because everyone says there's one rule for everyone. I think it should adapt as your country changes. That's a very compelling argument. Yeah, I like that. Also, Are you running for a seat in this upcoming election? Well, that's going to be my platform now. Fewer police rights. I'm into yeah. that. You said that so confidently too. I'm into it. The only issue is that you said that it was like a like a functioning country and America is not functioning, right? <laughs> yeah, I consider America a developing country still. Yes, for a long time. For yeah. a long time. Well, Michael, it's time for that, that part in the podcast where we have to return to Miranda rights. So, you're ready to hear our next installment? <laughs> Sure. Uh, a US law minute with <laughs> John. And basically replicated in Australia. Um, anyway, we talked a few minutes. Of, we talked at length in last time how, you know, Dirty Harry, the Miranda rights have been in full force for a good five or six years. And basically the rights, again, that you need to tell a suspect they have the right to absolute silence if they want and the right to a lawyer, which is pretty standard for us. You know, we know those those rights. But anyway, back then they... They were only been around for half a decade ago, so they were quite controversial. Well, they didn't have all those CSI series that we have these days. <laughs> no. So, you had a time when crime was at a record high, right? And concurrently, these new rights were being found. So, you had rising crime and you had- plus, you also have to go- you have to go a bit easier on the policing of the crimes. There was a recognition that, quote, in reality, the majority of suspects are poor, inarticulate, Ignorant, petty criminals open to police bamboozlement. And there was a recognition that um, hard questioning would exact a heavy toll on the suspect's ability to think straight using, quote, psychological interrogation techniques that involve deception, trickery, and manipulation. Which I think you were talking about before, Yeah, Amy. the false confessions. I've, I've watched that Netflix series and there's like eight different people and their whole story about how they got false confessions and even like making a murderer um the the cousin or whatever it is and have you guys seen making a murderer is anyone here I've no just me buzz. i'm i am obsessed <laughs> <laughs> i watch a lot of stuff about serial killers but like the cousin was like coerced and bullied and trained into what to say and the cameras with the police were on and off depending on when he was saying the right things yes. and there's like that that question and that leading questioning where it's like oh, no, but tell us about what you told us the other day, right? And tell us, you put your hand there. You said it was here the other day. Like, they kind of coerced it out of these people. And, like, the, the guy in that, mo- uh, that movie, it's not a movie, it's a real thing, um, has, like, such a low IQ that he's counted as being, like, almost, like, disabled because he's so just not all, not all there. But he, in the end, just went, yeah, yeah, I did this, I did that. And then it turned out that he didn't do any of it. There is a power to When I was getting mm. almost arrested at Maya, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was getting fresh. And I was like, what if I did steal some wire fronts? Yeah. 
you yeah. start to question yourself. And <laughs> Whoops, I forgot about that. Well, it's, like, it's like when you're driving at nighttime and, uh, and you go past a booze bus and you might not have even been drinking, but you're automatically like, oh, yeah. no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> like, every time. Do they have booze buses in the NT? I thought they might have abandoned that. There's, there's a guy called Jim that has one. He's, he's really friendly. Though. Jim's mowing, Jim's booze bus. Is he with the police or he just has one? <laughs> not sure. He pulls people over. He's very strange. Um, but that's the thing, right? They're, they're, the authority occasionally can make people feel um, uneasy or full of guilt. Like like everyone's done something bad in their life once and they kind of that, that can kind of attach itself to anything with authority, even if yeah. you haven't done anything wrong. And they Stockholm you a little bit. They go, mm. I'll give you a little bit of this. You just give me a little bit of confession. Yeah, and, yeah, and then you fall in love with them and it's, yeah, it's really awkward. <laughs> so that was what the frisking part was. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's very arousing. <laughs> One of the dissenting justices in Miranda s- described the these new rights as being based on a utopian concept of voluntariness, saying that you should be able to give strong pressure, you know, to establish truth. That's the basis of our adversarial system. And quote, he said, the social cost of crime is too great to call these new rules anything but a hazardous experimentation. In some unknown number of cases, the court's rule will, will return a killer to the streets to repeat, repeat his crime whenever it pleases him. Are you angry in this moment? Chain? Am I angry? We're most of yeah. No, no. Uh, I feel like they've got 20 minutes to go. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I, I felt anger. I felt, I, I felt Harry's frustration in this one. The injustice, but also, like, for that poor woman who's, you know, like, there's not many women in this movie, right? Give her a name, please. Anne-Marie Deacon. Anne-Marie Deacon, thank you. Because later on they don't even mention her name. They just yeah. say the, sus- the girl and yeah. the suspect. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's 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 super frustrating. Um, but it just he's, he's a bit reckless. He is slightly reckless. I'd be concerned if he was, like, policing in my neighbourhood. Like, I just... What, shooting you and standing on your leg? <laughs> well, I haven't done anything to deserve that, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, I... I- I felt like bad for Harry in this situation, but I kind of, I think I almost had a dream about the admissibility of evidence. (laughs) (laughs) It's very weird. I was like, no, the guys are right. Because if everyone behaves like Harry, we're going to live in a police state where it's just too much power to the cops. That's right. Like, isn't that the idea? Like, it's okay for one guilty person to go free as long as the innocent people are all free. Yeah. You don't want to start locking up innocent people just to get all the bad guys in jail as well. Yeah. So I think that's the trade-off and that's probably what this movie is about. It's definitely what this scene is about. Mm. Silence. Yeah. That's because you, you nailed it. That's it. Done. <laughs> Case dismissed. <laughs> well, one question, Michael. Do you think Harry Callahan would make a good stripper cop? You know, you'd like to see him. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> I'm just wondering if uh, Harry would look good in purple. Well, that's pretty much all I have to say for this minute, guys. Um, we'll talk next minute about some of the exceptions to the Miranda rights that developed after this uh, after this moment in time where the police had some leeway in emergency cases. But I think I will end with a Twilight Zone-themed quote because it's 60 years since the Twilight Zone first premiered. You guys may have seen there's a new version. I don't know if you like Black Mirror, but hey, Amy, it's yeah. like the original Black Mirror. I've watched all of the Black Mirror. Here's my little tag to this minute. Word to the wise, Miranda rights must be evoked in the present. Evidence may be relied upon tomorrow, but once today is gone, you can only look back in sorrow that the Miranda warnings were not given. What you are about to watch is a nightmare. It is not meant to be prophetic. Miranda violations need not happen. It is the fervent and urgent prayer of all good men that they never shall happen. But in this moment, 
At this time, it does happen in the Twilight Zone. We'll catch you next time on Dirty, Dirty Harry Minute. Minute. Oh, I, I know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I got surprised. I can write another wrong, but hey, what's the point? A new man may clap as he lights another joint. I can barely now remember my wife. My police work is all I got. I don't have a life. Harry's had enough. Harry's had enough. Harry's had enough. Harry's had enough. What should my priorities be? Hang the magnum up, read them my rights. I just don't give a fuck. Wanna get under the hood skin. Miranda rights never gonna get that going. Harry's had enough. Harry's had enough. Harry's had enough. Harry's had enough. Helicopter shots and magnum fights. Lot of darkness, voyeuristic action goes down at night. Gratuitous news. Me too prudes, laughing at hot dogs are my only food.